on it and ready. I left the city, I've been browsed. Treading water that they drown. I head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 202 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. It is a new year. It is a new time to start getting those Dynasty trades rolling. And I'm excited, Snoog. I mean, it's 2024. This is our first time chopping it up in the new year. We took a week off. I, I'm hungry. I'm excited to just start talking about rookies, talking about trades, see what what these you know NFL playoffs have to do. Like, It's just taking that one week off. I, I'm, I'm enthused right now, man. Yeah, it's post-championship time, so you know what that means. That means dynasty trades, and that means rookie talk. We're going to be hammering rookies for the next four months, just talking about what if Drake May goes here, what if Caleb goes here, what if Marvin – we don't really know until April what's going to happen, but Combine's rolling around in two months. We're going to see a lot of good things and a stacked class, wide receiver and quarterback especially. And don't forget Brock Bowers, just an absolute cyborg of a tight end. If you like Sam Laporta, you're going to love Brock Bowers. Yeah, this class is exciting. I, I've been telling everybody, and I, I do think we do get a little bit of a shot in the arm in this in this class. You know, I think Travion Henderson ends up declaring now. But, I mean, I, I think we have a, a class here where last year we were really spoiled with Gibbs, A-Chain, and, and Bijan. You know what I mean? We, we got the running backs, and I think some of those guys are even going to step up in 2024, like Kendra Miller and a couple other guys, Tajay Spears. But I think this class is very – heavily dominated by by quarterbacks and wide receivers and what i keep telling people is like they're saying oh man like you told us to punt in in years past last year was not the year to punt this is the year to punt in a startup when you punt and you start adding these running backs because 2025 running backs are going to be stacked but this year's class heavily dominated with wide receivers and quarterbacks obviously we know caleb williams at the top and marvin harrison jr and Drake May, like those three, they're just up there at the top. But I started putting together my combined like 23 and 24, you know, rookie wide receivers. And this class is deep, man. There are like seven to 10 wide receivers who I think have an op- opportunity to be first round dynasty, you know, rookie picks. And if you need those wide receivers, you need those foundational pieces. This is a good year for that. Yeah, my first early Superflex mock draft has eight wide receivers going in round one. Eight out of 12 is going to be wide outs. Brian yeah, Thomas, yeah. Adam I Mitchell, two guys have been highlighting for a while that were super undervalued. They're kind of getting some steam now, but I just think those guys are both really fluid with how they move for being six foot four wide outs, kind of in that Drake London, T. Higgins mold, but love those guys. And then you can't forget Xavier Worthy, Troy Franklin, possibly Emeka Ibuka, although I think he goes back to school. And then the greats with Roma Dunze, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Malik Neighbors. That should be top 12 NFL draft picks. So this class yeah. is your time to get your quarterbacks, your wideouts. Last year was the time to kind of get everything, honestly. I mean, that mm-hmm. might go down as one of the, if not, top three best classes in fantasy, yeah. from a fantasy football perspective <laughs> ever. Just the depth-wise at tight end, you got like three to four great tight ends, great running back class. You got like two top three dynasty running backs. Mm-hmm four that possibly are going to be in the top 10 to 12. And then you got CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson and possibly Bryce Young if he turns it around. So phenomenal class. Can't forget Puka the goat either. So this class should be good again. And then 2025 is where it gets a little tricky. I think that's just going to be running back mayhem. Mm -hmm. It's going to be able to draft like six running backs in the first round, but 
love this class and I can't wait to dive deeper into it with you and the smash team as well. Yeah. I mean, we got spoiled in 2014, 2017, yeah. 2020. It feels like every three years we get spoiled yeah. with a, a dominant class in 2024. Like you said, I mean, right now you and I have a, a top seven, pretty much the same is Williams, Harrison, Jr. May neighbors, Daniels, Bowers, Adunze, those top seven, that's like where we want to get into, right? We want yeah. to make sure we're trying to, one thing I'm advocating for everybody to do right now is, is to do that on the cheap. You know, like I had a guy the other day, he said, dad, I, you know, I saw your tweet the other day. I want to get to five or I'm sorry. I want to get to six and I'm at nine. And I said, just make a quick flip, you know, right there. I think we ended up giving, uh, what, a I think 208 and for like a mid third. And just to do that flop, get yourself in that top five, six area, seven, that's where you're going to smash, you know? And there's, there's guys you talked about worthy. You talked about Franklin, um, Ibuka, if he comes out, you know, I'm really starting to love Thomas jr. I think, I think that whole back end is a lot to, to unpack yeah. and we'll get there all year. But, uh, what I really want to talk about right now is, you know, we, we, we did all the allocations to pay out for a million and a half commissioners like you and I do, yeah. you know, we, we rolled over to sleeper 2024. That's a special day. I love that day. Cause it's like, you set the rookie draft order. You, everybody's all excited. It's a, it's like that, you know, when the ball drops in 2024, yeah. everybody talks about like new beginnings, new, new opportunities, like, like the rest of your life didn't count. You know, you can start over fresh. That's why everybody has these new year's resolutions where they're, they're eating a certain way for two weeks, you know, my biggest New Year's resolution is something you and I do all the time and that we keep talking about on here is you guys should literally be scouring your leagues, you know, at least one league every day. Go through and just be like, who can I get off this team? Who can I buy off of this team? You know, what does this guy need? Start talking about some things because most of you are like, all right, it's cool, dad. You talk about all these trades, but my league isn't active. Your league's not active because you're not. Get yeah. involved. Start being that way. I mean, you and I know, like from Smash Nine, the trades weren't happening. You and I got a trade going. We got everybody talking about it, and then it's like, let's start moving, you know. And I think a lot of times people are like, they don't want to be the change. They're mm -hmm. just like, my league's not busy, you know. And now's the time you really start to talk to to some of your your league mates. Try to do that out. What do you do once the league rolls over? Because a lot of people are like, well, fantasy just ended. I'm not interested in it, you know. In a lot of the home leagues, other ones, it's like. Well, I want to wait and see what the playoffs do. Like, what are some moves that you, before we start talking about our buys and everything like that, how do you go about this first couple of weeks in January? Yeah. The first thing I want to highlight, Dad, because you mentioned scouring through your leagues and just kind of figuring out who has what. The best thing to do for that, and it's a tip that I've taught myself, and I've always done it with every single league. I do it all during the offseason. I set my lineup only on the guys that I want to build that team around. Yeah. And then you so leave empty spaces too, right? Exactly. I leave yeah. empty spaces of the positions that I need to work on. So if I have like CJ Stroud and Patrick Mahomes and Jamar Chase and Garrett Wilson on a stacked team, right? Those four are going to be in the lineup and say I have like some Tony Pollard, some Josh Jacobs, uh, maybe I got Evan Ingram, like one of those type of tight ends that are just kind of a little bit on the older side, but they could go down in value. I'm going to put all those guys on my bench and I'm just going to look at draft capital. Because mm -hmm. draft capital is the best, most valuable thing you can buy during the offseason. And it's the easiest thing to flip. If you're flipping Tony Pollard for like, if you're flipping Pollard in a second for a first right now, maybe it's like a mid to late first. And then you're taking that late first and flipping it on draft day. You can upgrade into like the Drake London tier or like the Zay Flowers and just get a young elite wide receiver. So you'd be and surprised. that's the thing everybody's that. asking me. They're like, oh, I should flip this. Like, why do you have, you know, for instance, someone said, why do you have, 
uh, Caleb Williams over Kyler Murray. I said, no, I have the 101 over Kyler Murray. Yeah. Because not everybody wants Kyler Murray, right? Yeah. But every single person in your league wants Caleb Williams or exactly. Marvin Harrison Jr. The 101, and, and once you pick that rookie draft, like once you draft the 106, now it's a player, right? But before that, it's options, it's variety, it's things that people want. Everybody wants those new things on their team, those new toys. Not everybody wants Kyler Murray. Not everybody wants, you know, Drake London. Not everybody wants Zay Flowers. And we're going to talk about why we're buying some of those guys, you know, in, in those scenarios. But the biggest question I'm getting right now, now that we're talking rookies, is, you know, Snoog, and I want you to hit on this, is people are like, well, Dad, you know, like we talk about I have the 108 and you say it's a top seven. Well, why don't I just trade that now? You know, and we, someone's going to jump into that top eight. Someone's going to move into that area. You know, this year's class is good. Just like last year, no one knew what they wanted after 108, right? And then Dalton Kincaid emerged out of that. You know, Devon A-Chain emerged out of that area. Some people were taking Sam Laporta late first, you know, even those guys started to emerge out. And the cautionary tale for me is like, Dude, you could trade that 108 right now for a guy in the playoffs. This is one of my big things is trade 108 for Isaiah Pacheco. And Isaiah Pacheco tears his ACL. Now you're not going to have him the entire year. The biggest thing I want to say, and we're going to talk about it on another show, don't trade for players in the playoffs right now. Like this is now you want to be trading for guys that didn't make the playoffs because you get into an area where a guy gets injured and heaven forbid that happens, that value drops off. But what do you say to guys that are like, Dude, I don't know what 108 is going to be. That's an uncertainty, right? I, that, I should trade that. That's the good with it, though, because all it takes is Brock Bowers to go to a bad landing spot and you get Troy Franklin end up on like the Chargers or a team like that. And then you get a Brock Bowers at 108. That right, happens. You had CJ all the Stroud time. at 106 because nobody wanted him last year. No one wanted and him. now he's worth what? Almost three and a half first. And you had Jameer Gibbs as like the consensus 105, 106 on a lot of mm-hmm. leagues because he was either too small or because he was in the swift role, which everybody hated and didn't address that. So the dynasty community is so reactionary. You just got to take advantage of that. Elite players will always pan out unless they're mm-hmm. have tons of bad injuries early on in the rookie process and they just can't get up to the speed of things. I was worried about Kendry Miller with that because he just could not get healthy all year. And then he comes mm-hmm. in, he looks phenomenal. So it depends. It's very tricky to play, but look at a guy like Traylon Burks. Great prospect, flash, tons of talent. Every time he plays, he makes a highlight play. Jamison Williams as well. Two guys hurt during the entire rookie process. Mm-hmm. Can't get back into the speed of things. You got guys like Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, miles ahead because they've just been their team's best offensive weapon, staying healthy, producing, making plays. Right. So that's, that's also important. So, so you're talking the unknown is sometimes a good thing. A lot of people are like in, in years past and I, I, and I haven't pulled the research, but we did talk about it, you know, 10 out of the 12 guys in round one of this year's, you know, rookie draft, they hit, you know, yeah. they, they hit and then and some of them hit big, you know, multiple guys are going in the top three rounds of startups right now. I mean, you know, you got Bijan and Gibbs are going round two. Stroud and Anthony Richardson are going round one. It's like these guys hit Puka's all the way up in a, you know, in that area too. So it's like, yes, I understand it's an uncertainty. It's a lottery ticket. And in years past, we've said first round picks are about a 50% hit rate, second round, you know, so on and so forth. This year was fantastic. And I think 2024, given the draft capital, given these guys that are going to come out, are going to have very high expectations to hit. Um, so what I want to talk about is really 
what kind of moves should we be making right now? You know, I have a, a question sent in here right off the bat from Philip J. Fry, and I popped it up on the screen. 103 in Drake London or the 101 in a 12-team Superflex start 10? So now a lot of people – I don't think I'm going to be coming out with a lot of Caleb shares. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm that. I'm smashing Because I am going to probably end up moving back to Marvin Harrison, to Drake May, and getting a lot of pluses on top of that. He says his wide receivers in that league are DJ Moore, Tyreek Hill, Amon Ross St. Brown – London and Deontay. Now are you going, are you going London and the one Oh three or are you going Caleb Williams? Yeah. Cause at the very worst case, I end up with Drake may or Marvin Harrison jr. And it's like, most people do take advantage of super flex and do take the quarterbacks, especially seeing what CJ Stroud did, mm -hmm. Anthony Richardson did. And people that were taking Bryce, like they're like, damn, I could have got Stroud one Oh six. Like we got to bump these quarterbacks up. I think last year's class is going to adjust for a lot of 102 Drake Mays, mm -hmm. which gives you one of the best, if not the best wide receiver prospect to ever walk in a while. So, I mean, you're getting Drake London and uh, the best wide receiver prospect in years coming out. So you're getting two top 15 to top 12 dynasty wide receivers for the 101. I mean, you can't lose that trade unless like Caleb Williams is the next Pat Mahomes and Marvin Harrison Jr. ends up being nothing. Even if Marvin Harrison Jr. is like a very strong and wide receiver one, you're going to get, what, maybe early second round startup draft capital from him. And if he ends up like that Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson level, he's going to be in that late first or mid to first. So you can't really lose that trade in my eyes because you already know Drake London's a bonafide top 15 wide out as soon as he gets a quarterback, which should be this year with Arthur Smith gone. Pick number eight. So we should see some splash moves made in Atlanta. Maybe it's for Justin Fields. but. Take advantage of trades like this. People that are just very think the one on one's head and shoulders yeah, yeah. above everyone else, but you could really make an argument for Marv being the one on one. Well, in in years past, and when we talk about it, I mean the research that I did is that the one on one is worth thirty to fifty percent more than the one oh one oh two. This year, I said it's ten to twenty because there is still that scenario where Marvin Harrison Jr. goes to the Patriots. And there's yeah. some kind of shuffling there and Caleb Williams goes to the Falcons or something like that. You know, like there, there's opportunities where there uh, could still be a big disconnect between the two. You know, I don't see a lot of scenarios where Marvin becomes worth considerably more than Caleb. A lot of people keep reaching out to me and they're saying, you know, I want Marvin because I have quarterback X, Y, and Z. And I keep saying, it's not a bad thing to have Joe Burrow, CJ Stroud, and Caleb Williams, right? Like, that's not a bad thing. Try to trade back with 102. And we're going to talk a lot more rookies. Speaking of that, too. On. But I have I a have. big question. I got a big question for you here. And this yeah. is what I wanted to transition into is I had 40 or 50 people DM me this week. And they're like, Dad, I got pick one and I got pick three. I'm trying to strategize and think a little bit. Do I take Caleb? Or I'm sorry. Wait, would you rather have in these scenarios, would you rather have Caleb and, and neighbors or would you rather have Marvin and May? You get, you can, you get only those two combinations. Caleb and May or Caleb and uh, neighbors. And why? I think. Cause everybody, Caleb, everybody, I keep talking either. about how good I think neighbors is going to be and people are down on it. Yeah. He's phenomenal. He's like one of the only wide receiver prospects that I've ever liked all throughout his collegiate career. I mean, when Garrett Wilson came in, I was still kind of new to the college football thing. I watched big games, but I didn't watch as much as I do now. Neighbors is a guy I got so into it right when he was like a true freshman. And I just loved how he played. I always thought he was like in that DJ Moore type play. And I, I just loved Kayshawn Booty 
And then seeing a younger player outproduce him in his sophomore year just made me love neighbor. So he's a guy that is one of my first like guys I've actually liked his whole collegiate career and CJ Stroud as well as another. That's why I like Stroud and Gibbs so much. But I mean, neighbors is a guy that can do it all. He has incredible athleticism, his burst, his yak, like he can do it all. Great downfield, great in those one-on-one uh, situational play, like playmaking abilities with the, in the man coverage, high point in the ball. He's good at it all. So you can't go wrong with him. And he's probably going to be a top 12 to 15 dynasty wide receiver as soon as he's drafted, especially if he gets that top six draft capital, like we all expect. So, but speaking back on what you said, always draft value. Don't just draft because you need a wide out. Because mm-hmm. I had a friend that I helped out with a startup, startup this off season. He left that startup. And he actually made it to the championship with this team. He drafted Anthony Richardson. He drafted CJ Stroud. He drafted Brock Purdy and he drafted Tua. He had those four quarterbacks up until midseason. Then I said, all right, look, now it's time. Like make moves. He ended mm-hmm. up flipping Anthony Richardson for AJ Brown plus. Mm-hmm. He ended up flipping Tua for Matt Stafford plus a lot. And now he has Purdy Stroud and a stacked wide receiver roster. So those are the type of moves you got to make because quarterbacks when they do hit jordan love brock Purdy, they hit <laughs> big and then it's game over so and we're going to be bringing you content on on this class all year you know and i i mean people are already saying well you know i really want to take i had a guy message me he's like am i crazy to take travion henderson over malik neighbors and i'm like yes yes yeah. y- yes crazy. absolutely because what you want to do is get yourself into a scenario where you know you have tons of value when you pigeonhole yourself like that and you go all the way up and you trade for, you know, a running back because you think it's the best running back in this class. I mean, I think that's all the way up to like some of the guys like Monty Ball, like way back in the day or people were, yeah. um, oh, what was the other guy? What was the guy from Tennessee that, oh, oh man, it was bad. I forget what his name was. Anyways, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll look that one up. This was like way back. But when there's only one or two running backs in that class and they're not great, you start stretching. You don't want to do that. You want to take talent over yeah. need. And this year, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities to buy veteran running backs because veteran running backs just get cheaper and cheaper. And I know you and I have a slew of guys to buy. So let's just jump right into it. We're going to bounce back and forth. We're going to talk about some of the guys that we're buying, why we're buying them. And then I want to talk a little bit about, about the value. You know, right now, the first guy I want to talk about is Kyler Murray. So Kyler Murray was someone that I was taking third round of startups everywhere. You know, like I was screaming that from the rooftops. The value has bounced back. Right now I have him as my QB 10, 9, 10, right in that same as Caleb Williams. My question, and if you guys didn't check this out, I got a Dynasty Dad approved buy for, for every single team, a bargain, a rebuild, and a contend. For me, Kyler Murray fits any of those builds. I got a question for you. If you're at that spot and you're in a startup, are you taking Kyler Murray or the 102 in a super flex draft. Oof, that's like dead even. That's why I did this. It's like this is the market value of these things. Like if you could say 103 plus, I think I would take Kyler Murray. If it's 102, it's a little bit tough. I am willing to buy in on Kyler Murray because of what he's done. I mean, like he has been yeah. a QB one his entire career. He was a QB, I think in points per game, he finished the QB eight this year. What he was able to do on the ground. The fact that he was, you know, looking at Kyler Murray, looking at, we thought he was going to be a little bit hesitant to run, right? We thought he was going to be in an area where it was going to take some time. And that's usually what we get when it comes to these quarterbacks. But I mean, 30.5 rushing yards per game, that's second in the NFL, 
5.5 yards per carry. That's number one. You know, they, if you look at Arizona, they are seventh most money available in the cap. They have picked number four. Could you imagine if they take Marvin Harrison Jr.? Could you imagine if they beef up that oval line for him? I mean, he has finished as the QB 11, QB 3, QB 4, QB 7, and this year the QB 9. Set it and forget it. Kyler Murray's 26. He is a QB 1. I have no problem paying the 102. I'd rather pay the 103 and 104 plus. Yeah, and the thing is that like people are aren't valuing is the Cardinals are at four. That's like prime Marvin Harrison Jr. territory. Yeah. And could you imagine that? Any I, the Commanders are taking a quarterback. The Bears are going to take a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And lots like they get pinned and they like maybe something crazy happens. But I think you can lock in two quarterbacks. If there's any team I want ahead of me to mess up their pick or trade back, it's the Patriots. And I think there's a good chance Marvin Harrison Jr. or Malik Neighbors ends up a Cardinal. Or even the Dunes if they decide to trade back a bunch, but like or Kyler is going to get his wide receiver one, and if it doesn't come from the draft and say they go tackle, they're going to probably make a big push for like a T Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, Michael Pittman type of receiver. On that, the on that. the Joe Burrow interview pretty much almost like in my mind solidified yeah. T Hug Higgins is going to get franchised and yeah, come back think, to Cincinnati, and it's yeah, like I think he will, it's but. not the worst case scenario for T Higgins, but it definitely hurts that wide receiver free agent class, you know. But they yeah. do have the money to beef up the offensive line, which was very poor. They have the money yeah. to go out there and get some weapons. They have a certified stud in Trey McBride, who's your dynasty tight end too on my end. I mean, I've moved him all the way up there. I think he's an absolute buy on that team as well. And they as- took a tackle last year, so I don't see mm-hmm. them going tackle again. And, and Paris Johnson's been great. So back-to-back tackles, and when you're when you're losing Marquise Brown a free agency, doesn't make sense. So I think well, we can we lock him in for neighbors or Marvin Harrison, and then Kyler is going to have his bona fide wide receiver one and could slip back into that top five. Who knows? Keep trade cut. Kyler Murray the 102 and Trevor Lawrence Kyler 102 Trevor Lawrence I I, I by Trevor not, I don't want any Trevor Lawrence shares I'm at sick. all I'm saying he took no strides this year None. None. and they only got better on offense they only got more weapons I mean their O-line is very bad and it, and it was so injured at the worst times like I know Doug Peterson was talking about it on that press conference like we'd mm-hmm. get healthy and then we'd lose a guy then it'd be like three games lose a guy Three mm-hmm. games, get healthy, lose a guy. So chemistry is everything for the offensive line. That's probably why they struggled so much to be efficient in the run game. Travis Etienne broke the most tackles in the NFL, probably because he was getting tackled in the backfield a lot. Yeah. So he had to Let's- make a few guys miss. But Trevor Lawrence took no strides this year. He only got worse. So it's like – that's not what you want to look for for your third-year quarterback. So let's talk Jaguars and Etienne. I mean, I put contending. I'm buying Evan Ingram for an early second. He has just proved he's an absolute bona fide stud. He's the cheapest of what I would consider the elite tight ends that nobody thinks is elite, right? He's that guy that he's going to give you that production. He can be weak winning. I'm buying Kirk, Christian Kirk for a mid to late second. It's just out of sight, out of mind. My question for you, and I put a poll out there, what are you paying for Travis Etienne? 105, 106, 107, you know, all the way up to like 104 on that end. Like, where would you be willing to buy? I was looking at it, you know, and from a, a, a microscope where I'm at in 2024, I'm all out on elite running backs. I'm trying to just, I'm trying to buy production wherever I can, because man, Kamara is going to be cheap. Mixon's going to be cheap. Like those dudes are going to be cheap and they're just getting less and less expensive by the day. But if you got to say, I mean, you know, if you had four, do you want Malik Neighbors or do you want Travis Etienne? 
I think you got to go with neighbors there, but Etienne's my RB six in dynasty. And I mean, he was probably five. I think it depends what happens with Daniels and Daniels could shoot up boards, man. Yeah, yeah, I think it depends what happens with them, but like he's in that five to six, seven-ish range, easy. And mm-hmm. if it's not like if it's seven, then you're getting a plus. If it's six, you're getting a plus. So he's like right at the 105. I mean, top six dynasty running back, tied on that rookie contract for at least two more years. The offense is still good, and they proved that even though they drafted Tank Bigsby, Travis Etienne's getting the ball 300 plus touches in year three. So big things ahead. He he was like a he would have been a 300 point running back if he got anymore i know he had a lot of injuries he left the games with like during the season but if he got any more efficient in the run game with a better offensive line he's probably touching 315 330 fantasy points which is a phenomenal uh, rb1 season so he's definitely worth that 105 and he's so talented we're in a new year so i got to talk about your 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 new man crush versus your old man crush i want to talk about the saints here rebuilding or contending you know i have these both guys as buys from this from that Saints team. I'm I'm not super interested in paying up for Chris Olave. We can talk about that a little bit later. But I'm buying Kendra Miller and Alvin Kamara. If you have a mid-second, all things considered, you know, like exact same situation. If you have to have one, do you want Kendra Miller or do you want Alvin Kamara? I take Kamara because I do think there's a big, big chance of a scenario where Kamara ends up on a good team next year. I think the saints are in deep cap trouble and there is an opportunity for him to maybe get cut or traded. I know they looked to trade him in the off season and there was some contending teams interested, but the saints were just so stingy with price. Like who knows, maybe he gets saved. Like CMC got saved from the Panthers and ends up playing on like the Ravens or the chiefs, or maybe it's like the bills or any of those great teams. Mm-hmm where they just need that star running back to make plays after the catch that fits that high volume passing role. And I mean, he goes there, he's going to probably be an RB one for another one to two seasons. So I think I got to go with Kamara, but Kendra is like right there is a great buy as well. Cause if Kamara leaves, he's stepping into that Kamara role and they they've proven that they want to use him in the passing game a lot. So. Yeah. I think Kamara is still, he was, he was a screaming buy last year. And he's going to be again. Like a lot of these guys did not get crazy wear and tear early on in their career. In particular, looking at Alvin Kamara and, you know, who finished what RB. Well, I guess he was, he was four games, five games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the other guy I look at in that similar boat is Aaron Jones, who's like throughout his career, he showed what he could do in the, the later parts of the year, the early part of the year. It's a great offense to be in, you know, in Green Bay. They're starting to really take off. Moving to Green Bay, I wanted to talk about, you know, I got criticized super heavily in March when I was telling everybody to buy Jordan Love. Like, people are like, that's just dumb. That's just crazy, you know. But it's like process over results. You could see the writing on the wall a little bit. I got to talk a little bit about this team right now because my buys for contender – Jordan Love, I'm willing to pay the 106, but I don't think you have to. I think if if I'm yeah. given that area where I'm choosing between Bowers and Odunze and and Jordan Love, if I need a quarterback, you know, I think I'm taking Jordan Love. I think I, I value him similarly to where Jaden Daniels is. I'll probably lean towards Daniels once we get more into the process. For the um, my bargain buy is Aaron Jones for a late second because I do think you know they, they're going to end up still rolling with him. And Jaden Reed, someone I got to talk about. I have 22 wide receivers right now worth a first, and Jaden Reed is at the bottom of that list. Would you pay the 111 or 112 for Jaden Reed in this class? I'm personally smashing that. I think this is a 
a Debo light, a young star in the making, and it just yeah. feels right. Yeah, he was a guy that I loved during the pre-draft process, and I'm so excited to see him make a name for himself because, I mean, he was the fourth-year senior. Michigan State doesn't throw the ball well, but his production was so great there. So you could almost guarantee – know how dynamic he was in the punt return game, the receiving game, downfield making plays, high point in the ball. Mm-hmm. He's like a like a very, very light, light, light version of Tyree Kill. Like he looks kind of like him and like mm-hmm. the way he plays in his play style. But I, I think you got to smash that. I mean, he's tied to a quarterback that just had 36 total touchdowns in his first start. Great offensive line there with um, – and they're building around love. I mean – yeah. I think they go almost defense or offensive line or like some sort of like bulk premium position. Maybe it's tackle because I know they need a left tackle there for Jordan Love because, I mean, he did phenomenal this year with without so Christian Watson. So, I mean, Christian Watson healthy, Jaden Reed there, Romeo Dubs. You got Dontavian Wicks, who's also been great. I mean, this whole offense is young, improving. They nailed their draft. They mm-hmm. took advantage of that cheap value at the positions and they, they did what they should have done for Aaron Rodgers so many years, yeah. you know, like they went out and they got those guys. So, so I love from, from one rookie to, to a couple of other ones I really want to talk about. So I started doing a little bit of research, you know, and wide receivers over the last, you know, first we got to talk a little bit about this, but wide receivers over the last 10 years, there has been 12 wide receivers to have 74 catches or more. Nine of them, nine of them have been wide receiver ones since then. They've all improved. That's Jalen Waddell. That's Michael Thomas. That's, you know, Odell Beckham. We have Amon Ross St. Brown, Jefferson, Jarvis Landry, Garrett Wilson, Jamar Chase. And then there's three guys that did it this year. There's three guys that did it this year. You know, that's Rashi Rice. That's Zay Flowers and obviously Puka Nakua who broke every rookie record. Every single one of these guys has gotten better in year two. Rashi Rice and Zay Flowers, I think, are ready to take that next step. I love what I saw from both of them. And right now, I am buying them. Now, I put I'm willing to pay 1.8. I've been buying. I bought two shares this week at 110. And I think Rashi Rice proved enough that – he looks like that guy for Patrick Mahomes, you know, and I think Zay Flowers as well. It's not a fluky thing to have 74 receptions as a rookie. That is a phenomenal feat. That is something that puts you in the offense. Yeah, exactly. That puts you in rarefied air, not like Puka Nakua area, but if you had to choose between (laughs) one, eight Zay Flowers and Rashi Rice, give me a keep trade and cut out of those three. I just think what's how stacked this, top like seven is I think there's a great chance you can land one of them with a bad landing spot or a bad landing spot so I think like I value those guys right at like the 109 through 112 so I think I'd have to go with probably the 108 flowers then rice but I mean rice and flowers both tied to elite quarterbacks like top mm-hmm. five quarterbacks in the NFL Lamar's not the world's best volume passer but he improved so much as a pure passer. His analytics were great this year, throwing the football. And I think now, like, Todd Munkin knows he can put more on his plate going into next year. I mean, he was the MVP this year. Zay Flowers was a rookie. We're going to see a season where Zay Flowers has, like, a similar, like, Jalen Waddle-type curve. Like, that hundred mm-hmm. reception rookie season. And then now they're move, using him as that dynamic player downfield. Like, Waddle's receiving yards jumped, like, 400 from year one to two. And his yards per catch double yeah. the receptions I mean, dropped but they it got a lot more dynamic and he, he got into the right area 
field, which we have been yep. lately, which is good. Now, on the other side, so we talked about those three. We we have to talk about Puku Nakua. I mean, 105 receptions, you know, breaks the all-time record. There have been, over the last 20 years, there have been 11 wide receivers to have over 80 receptions. Out of yeah. those, nine of the 11 have had a wide receiver one season in their next season. 10 of the 11 have had a wide receiver two or better. The only one that didn't was Anquan Bolden who got injured. You know, yeah. so I mean, Puka Nakua, it is a predetermined thing. He's as long as Matthew Stafford's slinging the rock, I am at a spot where Cooper Cup is out of my first round values. He's moved into a second. This is Puka yeah. Nakua's offense now. And I think Puka Nakua is someone that I put as worth the 105. He's my wide receiver eight overall, but you just can't talk about draft capital anymore. Like people are like, oh, what about his draft capital? That's what they said when Amon Ra St. Brown was a rookie and I told everybody to buy him into year two. And they're like, dad, that's stupid. They're like, you're, you're just, he doesn't have the draft capital. Running backs, it's draft capital. Wide receiver, it's production, baby. Like Puka yeah. Nakua just put up a season like we've never seen from anyone, anyone. So why would you not buy? So I got to ask you now, if you got the 105, are you taking the 105 or are you trading for Puka Nakua? Puka all day. And it took me a while to kind of like complete. It took me to like mid season to be like, all right, like maybe he's not a fluke. Maybe he's actually like just really good in this system. Any wide receiver tied to Matthew Stafford, who looks phenomenal. He looks like he's about to play three to four more years. Yeah. Like we thought the elbow injury last year, he was such a slump last year. He's still one of the league's like best pure passers. Mm-hmm. And he's in a great system with McVay. They got a run game. Finally, they got wide receivers. We're going to have a healthy cup next year. Who's going to be like in that vet role. Mm-hmm. And now we got Puka Nakua, who's the young rising star. So I'm taking him over the one Oh four all day over the, we have a, we have a scenario here where buys and I put three wide receivers as buys that people again are just flabbergasted that it's out there because normally we don't say this, but that's Devonte Adams. That's Stefan Diggs. Yeah. And that's Cooper Cup. Their value right now is so depressed that you can get them for early seconds. And you know, you look at Devontae Adams was second in the league in targets. Devontae Adams, uh, Stefan Diggs over the, the first 10 games, two years in a row now has been yeah. top five and then kind of fallen off towards the end. But you're still going to get that production. And Cooper Cup, when he comes back, is still going to be a borderline wide receiver one. And you can buy these guys for the 112 if you're a contender or an early second, and you can put yourself in a situation where if that's the final piece of the puzzle, you nailed it. Absolutely. And this was one of the better wide receiver years we had points-wise. Like, I mean, we had like yeah. Keenan Allen who had like 280 points and like missed five games. Like this was a year that we would have had probably seven plus 300-point receivers. Mm-hmm. We had that one year where like Adam Thielen finished like wide receiver like eight or nine and had 300 fantasy points. That was one of those years. I mean, we had Lamb with 400. We had Reek. We had Jefferson, who would have crushed it. Chase would have crushed it with Burrow. Like, this was one of the best wide receiver years. When this is why wide receivers. Wide receiver 10 with Aiden O'Connell and, like, Brian Hoyer and Jimmy G. So My championship teams do not have elite running backs. My championship teams had elite wide receivers, and then they had Isaiah Pacheco, and then they had Zamir White, and then they had – and it's like, dude, I mean – I won over half the leagues I was in this year. It was a fantastic banner year, but I did it with those wide receivers. I did it with Puka Nakua everywhere. I did it with these, these running backs that I just filled in with the, you know, guys that are just going to give you enough production because of that volatility. And I'm so much more into that 
I know I got criticized heavily again. I traded Brees Hall right before the playoffs for Pacheco, a first plus. And the, Pacheco put up the points. It got the championship, got the first. But it's like sometimes it's process over results. Yeah. One of the other wide receivers I know you love, and I'm yeah. like, I don't know why. I, I have him as a wide receiver one. I have him as my wide receiver 12. I looked across all the websites. No one has him as a wide receiver one. It makes no sense to me. 16.6 fantasy points per game puts him as the wide receiver six this season, 1,364 yards, 96 receptions. Oh, by the way, when Justin Fields played 19.8 points per game, which only trailed Jefferson, Keenan Allen, Lamb, Hill, and Amon Ross St. Brown. DJ Moore's a stud. DJ Moore is someone that I am willing to pay the 105, 106 for, and you yeah. don't have to, you could get a 25 first and, you know, a what kind of what kind of like just a, another type of wide receiver you can probably give godwin in a late first yeah. and get yourself to dj Moore plus you know and i think dj Moore proved that he's in an area where he can be elite and with justin fields i mean 19.8 points when fields was on the on the field the still averaging 16.6 with absolute garbage as a quarterback my question is and what everybody's saying is what if the bears ended up getting marvin harrison jr and i think that just puts another situation where I think DJ Moore still falls in that back end wide receiver one. Right out. Exactly. Yeah, he's got that connection built with Fields already, and he's so good after the catch. He's very efficient as a wide out, and he's always been good in his career. Like he was one of those guys, like we know he's gonna be elite as soon as he gets a quarterback. He got the quarterback, and then he was putting up probably 1,500 yards if Fields stayed healthy all year. So mm-hmm. he had a phenomenal breakout year. And the best thing about DJ Moore. He's 26 years old and he's been in the league for six years. So yeah, he's like not even in his prime yet. He's like a year or two from his prime. We'll probably get three to four or five more great years out of him. He he's my dynasty wide receiver 10. And like, that's because he has, there's zero chance. He doesn't have a good quarterback going into next year. It's either Caleb Williams or Justin Fields. And he already put up 19.9 fantasy points with Justin Fields. So it's a win-win for DJ Moore. There's no reason to not buy him. They get Marv, great. All right, now DJ Moore becomes a very, very good Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith-type wide receiver too, and we're good to go. So buy him, take advantage of that. People probably think like his situation's only going to be worse. That's a false statement mm-hmm. because if they move, say they keep fields, don't get Marv because that's kind of hard to go from like one to three. Maybe they go to like six or seven or eight. They land Joe Alt. They land all these picks on top. And then they're just juicing up the rim again, building around Fields. We could see that happen because Fields looked great from time to time. And that horrible Bears team won, like, what, seven or eight games with Fields, like, mm-hmm. basically there, missing Fields, games. That team could have been a wild-card team. They were, like, yeah. two games short of it. Yeah. Fields is a low-key buy as well. And I got a question for you. Yeah. Is you know, Right now, I say he's worth the 103. So I, I got to ask you, if you had the 103 area, and I would – I would even tend to say 102, but I don't really like trading up in that area. Is it Drake May, Justin Fields, or Dak Prescott? Oof, it's so, so cool. I think I got to go with Dak just because he had a phenomenal season this year. So safe with the contract. Contract is kind of everything with like the Yeah, if Fields had that contract, yeah, it'd be I think it's Fields. Talking different, yeah, but I think Justin Fields is a guy that I'm buying low if I can. If not, I'm waiting to see what happens yeah. with him next year. Because if you, he ends up on the Falcons. Yeah. Would you tear down? Like, let's say you're – I think a prime candidate – this year we were talking about buying Lamar Jackson everywhere. Lamar Jackson won you championships. Would you trade 
what would you need on top of Justin Fields from Lamar? Would it be 104 in Justin Fields? 105? Is it four? I think, I think Lamar's a sell. I really That's do. what I'm saying. That's what I'm I'd saying. Sell, like, I'd, I'd sell Lamar for Burrow. If you're, or, tearing or, down, if you're tearing down from Lamar and you're getting yourself to Fields, you're getting yourself to you know some of those areas where we talked about, how much further, what do you got to add? You know, that's where people, this is our first year at least in the last three where Lamar Jackson was healthy in the playoffs. And yes, he won you that championship. And that's still fresh in everybody's mind where I think, you know, you could get Justin Fields in an early first, you can get Dak Prescott in an early first, you can get Brock Purdy in two firsts, you know, like you can still get a lot for Lamar Jackson. And yeah. Right now, I've I've kind of redid my reshuffled my rankings. I mean, you and I were talking about it today. Allen one, Hurts two, Mahomes three, Stroud four, Lamar five, Burrow six. You know, and it's it's an exciting time. You can even argue Herbert seven, Anthony Richardson eight. I would almost put Anthony Richardson above Herbert, which you'd hate me for. But I'm like, it's a nice time in that first round of startup drafts. You've got to have those two elite level quarterbacks and we got some questions here we were talking about stroud i mean stroud's all the way up to you know right now qb4 what do you have to add to the 101 to get stroud now it's amazing right if we do this right if you guys listen to the podcast and you drafted him at 106 last year like we were talking about or in another league i drafted i drafted richardson over stroud traded I did that too. Uh, traded Richardson for Stroud plus a second. Now he's worth considerably more. Now I'm thinking about flipping it back. But what do you have to add on top of the 101 to get to CJ Stroud? And it is it is it a late 25 first? Is it a mid 25 first? If you do that, are you comfortable? Because Caleb Williams is going to have a very very difficult time putting up production that's going to let people think that he's 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 come about right. Like Trevor Lawrence has never showed up to what we expected. He People were taking him in that certain area. Caleb Williams is going to have to absolutely ball out for people to even think that it it was worth the pick. So what do you have to add on top of Caleb Williams to get to C.J. Stroud? It's at least the first. And one thing, I, I think it's at least a mid-first. I mean, he's mid- like Dynasty QB4, and he's like mm-hmm. locked into that spot. I mean, and I he, would, he, would have the, he would have had the passing record this year, probably 46, 4,700 yards if he stayed healthy. He would have had probably another win or two on his belt. He would have clinched the AFC division. He did all this on the team that picked him second last year. So mm-hmm. phenomenal year by Stroud. But one thing I want to highlight, Dad, is what you said. Always draft the value. I don't care if you liked – like I liked C.J. Stroud the best. I liked him more than Richardson as a player. I still drafted Richardson over him mm-hmm. because yeah, I knew yeah. I could get that early second and on you top. you could go back. Yeah, I traded, I traded Stroud – or I traded the 102, Richardson – for the 105, which was Shroud, after the draft. And I ended up getting, I think I got Dalton Kincaid in a third on top, and the kid took Kincaid like 201. Mm-hmm. And it was like a .5 tight end premium league. And I, I love that because I take Stroud over Richardson straight up, so it was a free Kincaid. So making moves like that, go with your gut. You like a player better than another, take advantage of the value, and then flip him to get the plus on top of the player you like better. Always draft the value, always. Adam W put, I think you could trade the one-on-one straight up for Stroud in some leagues. If you can do that, go do that. That would put you in a spot where you already know what you get with CJ Stroud, whereas opposed to Caleb Williams goes to a a scenario that you absolutely hate. He goes to, like we keep talking about New England or a spot that you don't want him to go. You already know what it is with CJ Stroud. I love now that Twitter has this, you guys can literally put your questions on while the podcast is going. If you guys, you know, 
A lot of you guys are in the Patreon, so you guys get your answers, question, your questions answered 24-7. We're always hitting those up, putting new content in there. But a lot of you guys are just jumping on here and you're asking your questions. You know, you say, hey, what are we trying to do? And we, we started talking about CJ Stroud and now we have Adam W. This is Adam Wallace. He said, Snoog, Tank Dell or the 109? I have both Tank Dell and Nico Collins worth the 107. So I think I'm taking either of them over the 109. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I would take Tank Dell or Nico easily over the 109. I now, think Nico deserves to be in that top 12. I yeah. go with Nico. Right. Like, so, I, I, I'm getting to a spot where I want to put Nico over Tank because, I mean, it's just both of them, you're splitting hairs. Everyone's like, is it him Is it or is it him? I say it's both. Like, right now, I think – What's about with uh, Nico is he's not – like. I think it's next year's his contract year. Yes. And I don't know if they're going to pay him. Like I, that he earned himself a bag this year. Yeah. If he does it again next year. Like, I mean, it just comes down to that contract. Like tank Dell's on that rookie contract. So mm-hmm. it's tough, but the broken leg, you got to go with Nico over him. Just, it's just a little concerning with how little he is. And he's mm-hmm. not a big dude at all. He's like 160 pounds and he had a bad leg injury. So I think Nico's just a safer option. Thirteen hundred yards. He missed like three games, and he still was like the wide receiver twelve. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that was finishing top six if he didn't get hurt. Snoog, this was going to be the year where Aaron Rodgers unlocked Garrett Wilson, where he oh. made Brees Hall. You know, fortune for me. But the nice thing is, he's back. He's going to be back this year. I think he is an absolute super flex steal for a mid second, which I've I've bought in a couple of my leagues. What I got to ask is, you know, Garrett Wilson was still a viable option. Brees Hall was still a top five running back. If yeah. you had to choose between the two of these guys in the 102, how do you rank the three of them? Oof. I think it goes – I have Marv over Brees and Garrett, but I have two? Garrett and Brees both over Drake May probably. I mean, it's tough. I, I, yeah. I haven't really got – I've watched Drake May a lot. i got to dive through his film again. He looks great. He has an arrogant arm talent. Like, he's just can throw the ball forever. But, mm-hmm. like, he's going to probably be on the commanders or a team that's not the best with not a great O-line. It's tough. I mean, taking the dynasty up wide receiver, like a top six wide out, or, like, pot, potentially the RB1 in dynasty is just a safe bet. But I really like what the Jets did, and that's why I do agree with you that these guys are great buys right now. Because they knew once Rodgers got hurt, they knew Zach Wilson wasn't bringing them to the playoffs. They knew no quarterback on that. I don't care. Flacco, cool. He would have played with a terrible O-line. No number two option in the passing game. They still wouldn't have been a playoff team with Flacco. They knew what they had, and they knew they weren't going to win enough games to be a playoff team. Now they have a top eight to ten pick. They're going to be able to lock in a superstar probably right or left tackle with that pick to mm-hmm. pair with Rodgers, with Garrett. Hopefully they use yeah. that early second to pair like with it. Maybe if like Brian Thomas or Adonai Mitchell nope. slip nope. into that. You know, that you know who it's going to be? Oh, it's Devonte Adams, man. Oh. Garrett Wilson just changed his number from 17 five. to five. I'm Jersey. I'm getting it. The 17 is open, baby. The 17 is open for Devonte Adams. Just book it. That's just going to be like a research. That offense is going to be electric. You got to imagine what he goes for like a second round pick. Like that's D hop yeah. was in his prime and went for like a second and a third. Like Tyreek went for like what a first and like a third. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine that early second gets them Devontae Adams, and they they can use that first round pick on 
maybe Joe Alt or Fashanu mm-hmm. or one of those stud tackles. And then you got a healthy O-line next year, hopefully. Their O-line's not the worst in the league. It was just so injured that it sucked. It's still mm-hmm. not a great offensive line. It's still bottom 20. But, like, when you got healthy guys playing, building that connection, it's helpful, especially when you got good perimeter tackles. So I'm with you. I'm with you. This, this year, like, we always talk about, you know – zigging when other people are zagging and multiple times throughout this podcast, I've mentioned buying veterans and I, I don't ever say that. We never say that on the podcast this time of year, but there is so many guys right now that are just screaming buys. You know, I like James Conner for a late second. We talked about Aaron Jones. We talked about, you know, some of these other guys. I think you look at, you know, for instance, two guys in Tennessee right now. Right. This is a tale of two sides. Derrick Henry is worth a mid second. I think Derrick Henry goes somewhere else and he performs. But I'm I'm much rather pay an early second right now for Tajay Spears because Tajay Spears is about to become worth a first overnight. The day Derrick Henry goes somewhere else, which is going to happen. Right. Like sometimes things in Dynasty are inevitable. We've 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 you can see the writing on the wall. You know what's going to happen. It was like. Yeah, you knew Garrett Wilson's value was going to go up because you knew Aaron Rodgers was going to go there because it's just talked about so much. It's going to happen. There's writing on the wall. Derrick Henry's gone. Tajay Spears is worth a late first in this class. Dad, I don't want to pay it. I don't want to pay it, but he's worth it. It stinks to pay I want to pay an early two and then just have it appreciated. Going into the offseason – at the dynasty running back position, I told myself there's three running backs that I'm going to try to buy in every single league that I don't have them already in. Tajay Spears, Kendra Miller, Alvin Kamara. There's a good chance all three of those running backs are on different teams next year. Like Kamara's gone. Now he got him on a good team. You got Kendra on the rookie deal. You got Tajay on the rookie deal. And they're the clear workhorse guys. I mean, I those are the guys. They were both drafted in the third round. They're great players, great talents. They can catch the ball. They have great vision. They're explosive. They flashed that elite talent this year. Those are my RB four and five in this class. And I really think they're the best buys you can buy. And you could probably in some leagues get them for second round picks. Like I think people would be like, yeah, why do I want Tajay Spears? Like he didn't really do much this year. Get him yeah. off my roster. Give me the new come draft day. Hold those seconds. Come draft day. Target those two running backs on your rosters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's a good call. Because once we get to the draft time, everybody wants yeah. those shiny new toys. Yeah. What I'm gonna do, like I did last year with that 110 to 112, I was getting myself Jordan Love everywhere. This year, 110 to 112, I'm gonna be buying Saquon Barkley. Saquon yeah. Barkley is going to be gone. The divorce is about to happen. We know it's gonna be Houston. there. I love to see right. him. In Just get him in the right scenario. Oh. And Saquon Barkley, we've seen put up Christian McCaffrey light type numbers. You know, yeah. it's like Saquon Barkley. The again, the writing is on the wall. Go buy him. What do you think the value gap between Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley is right now? Because probably Christian McCaffrey, as much as I love him, if you, it's got to be a sell in the off season because he's going to be twenty. You know, he is twenty. He 28, takes a beating too, right? And I love him. Like, and you want to have him on your team, but like one hundred and three and and Saquon Barkley, that's a smash, right? Like, yeah. I think. I, 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 already think see people, I already see people valuing CMC over like Gibbs, Bijan, and Brees. Like, give me those three young running backs on rookie deals with well, elite talents, receiving upside over CMC all day. You just have you, to. You could argue Christian McCaffrey was worth the same as them during the season. Yeah. The day wow. the season ended? No, absolutely not. 
they are not worth the same. Christian McCaffrey goes from tier one down to tier two. I have him in that area as Jonathan Taylor, but Hall, Gibbs, and and Bijan are up there by themselves. You know, like because now we're in draft season. We're not in point scoring season. We're in draft season. You draft a, a guy that's seven years younger. It's a no brainer. You know, and I, I I love him. I I absolutely do. But yeah, yeah, the best uh, that ever walked the planet Earth. <laughs> Plusky says Barkley to Houston is an absolute dream. He said, Houston's "Do you trust? Unlock it. Do you trust Spears with a new head coach coming in?" Yeah, I do. I really do because he's just so talented. The burst, the vision, everything's there. The acceleration. We've always knew that with Tajay Spears. He was one of those guys that I loved on film, and I highlighted this so many times in the off season, But I just couldn't get past having him in a stacked running back class. Mm-hmm. Some guys like Kendra, like even Charbonnet. Roshan, just because they got the day two draft capital as well. And they had clearer paths to volume year one. Mm-hmm. It was just tough with that. But I mean, two torn ACLs isn't like a joke, especially before you even hit the pro level. <laughs> no, that was my only knock. But if you, if you buy now, yeah. you can probably get for a mid second. The day he's a <laughs> starter, it's a late first. And then you flip it, right? And then yeah. you get to a spot where you trade Tajay Spears for a late first and a Jerome Ford type. And then Chubb goes down again and Jerome Ford is putting up points in the playoffs and great buy low. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. But another one, I mean, there's, there's so many buys. This has been a good start to it. I mean, we talked about the the veterans for those late firsts. We talked about, um, you know, some, some absolute studs. I want to talk a little bit about the tight end position because right now, a lot of people are asking questions about Trey McBride. Should they be buying him? A lot of people are asking about Mark Andrews. Both of them are in that same value area all of them are in that, what I would say is that 105 range. If you're drafting in a startup today, do you want Trey McBride, Mark Andrews, or Brock Bowers? Keep trade cut. Brock Bowers keep trade McBride cut Andrews. I think Brock Bowers is like the best tight end prospect I've ever watched. People say it about Pitts. Like Pitts isn't even so, on the same level as Brock Bowers as a player. I'm Very keeping close. I'm keeping McBride. He already has a great situation. And situation I'm, matters because we don't know Brock could go yeah, to like the yeah. Patriots. Yes, that's what I'm. I'm trading Brock Bowers and I'm and I'm I'm cutting Mark Andrews because I think yeah. Brock Bowers' value right now is super high. But we found out as good as Dalton Kincaid is, Buffalo's not a premium offense for that tight end. We find in. I mean, I saw a, a mock today that had Brock Bowers going to the Chiefs. You know, as an heir apparent to to Travis Kelsey. I mean, you get to those areas, but. We saw what happened with Kyle Pitts in the wrong situation. Yeah. We saw what happened with Sam Laporta in the right situation. Is Brock Bowers more talented than Sam Laporta? Yes. Yeah. Brock Bowers it, but he has to go to that right situation. So it's like I have Brock, a hard time paying up for tight ends that yeah. we don't know. Where Trey McBride is young, elite. We saw what he is, and we yeah. we know where he's gonna be. The thing with McBride or with Bowers is he's that same type of talent as Laporta, Kincaid, McBride, McBride but he's just like on a different level of like an athlete. Like yeah. he is that type of like a chiefs would be a great landing spot. Cause they like to be really creative with their playmakers, get the ball in their hands and screens motions underneath and open field across the middle. Brock Bowers is like what you dream of for that type of player. So, I mean, we need to see him just go to a team that's going to just uh, utilize him and not naturally get him um, the ball, but force him the ball. Right. Like we need a guy that's just constantly eating underneath like there's some good landing spots. Houston, great landing spot for him if they if he somehow fell in the draft. Um, some other ones that I really liked that I saw in the mock draft. One of them was 
he went to, I think it was the Jets, which would be a great landing spot as well with Rodgers and Garrett Wilson. So, I mean, there's some good landing spots for him for sure. And he's, we, we saw what Laporta did. We saw what McBride did. Brock Bauer is probably going to do the same thing. This is exciting. You know, this is, I, you get that. I get all excited about trades and buying people. You get all excited about rookies. And I think this being our first off season, first time going into January at the same time, a lot of exciting things, a lot of exciting things in the Patreon. You're putting out rookie content. I'm putting out rookie content, buying, you know, who we're buying, what we're doing right now. I'm working on a startup draft guide. We're working on some of those kind of things where dude, this is going to be an awesome year for smash except super excited. If you guys go check it out, patreon.com backslash smash except we got a, a, an awesome group in there. You know, some of the guys are really getting super involved and uh, I, I'm excited to see what 2024 has. I mean, 2023 was a banner year, 2024. I'm excited. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to dive into these rookies again. We're building something special in that Patreon and that discord. So make sure you guys check that out. It's in both of our bios on our Twitters. We both hit 10 K plus followers this year. So shout out to both of us for putting in that work collabing on a bunch of content together dad and i are always behind the scenes saying what are we putting out today let's do this you do that we're always in sync so all, we're going to see a lot more collaborations on rankings rookie draft stuff and we're also going to try to do a lot more stuff kind of with that quick hitter rookie content i love doing that i did all that year marty doing it again this year just highlighting some strengths and weaknesses in these players with a clip kind of proving yeah. like what they're doing why they're talented why you should believe in these guys kind of selling not, you on these prospects. We're not just throwing out numbers. This is who yeah. you take. We have very high efficiency when it comes to drafts. We're going to do rookie draft assistance in the Patreon. We're going to help you guys out. We're going to get things set up. It's yeah. it's going to be fun. I'm super excited. I'm glad to get back on the pod after a week. You know, it, it was a grind. Congratulations to you on 10K. You know, and it was it was a fun fun grind we have a lot of things that are kind of in the works that i want to talk about but we can't yet so dude just keep tuning in guys and enjoy the process boom that might have been one of the best